You're listening to Oh Shit, I'm the Boss Now with your host, Jackie Koch, the podcast with all the tips and tools to help you succeed when all of a sudden you have the realization that you're the one in charge. Welcome back to Oh Shit, I'm the Boss Now. I'm Jackie Koch, your host, and I'm hoping that you are having an amazing, awesome summer. We're getting ready to head out on our summer camping trip, and it, fe- it feels weird to call it a trip because it's not like a, a summer vacation by any means. Essentially, we just work on the road camping in order to escape the Phoenix heat. And so one of the, I don't know if I've ever talked about this on the show, but we used to live in LA and one of the prerequisites for moving away from the beach to the desert in Phoenix was that we could go back to the Midwest for a longer period of time in the summer and work. Um, And so that's what we do because it gets very, very hot here in Phoenix. Um, And this is our third, fourth summer doing it. Wow. That's wild. Well, the first one was COVID, so I guess that was kind of like we did it, but it wasn't intentional. It was just like, oh, we can all work remote. Let's go do this. But the last, this will be the third summer intentionally. And so we initially bought like a real camper. I don't know why I'm telling you all this, but here's a little insight into me. A real camper like that we pulled behind. It was hard, like hard-sided. It had a bathroom, a kitchen, all of that stuff, a stove, a fridge, And every year since we've downgraded. And so now we have a Jeep Gladiator. And so we pulled the the trailer with that. And oh my gosh, the gas mileage was so bad. And we had to go slow, slow all the way back to the Midwest that it was like painful. So we've since downgraded. And now we actually have like a true overlanding setup, which I'm super excited about. Um, So basically it's an off-roading trailer, if you can call it that. There's a rooftop tent that we sleep in. Um, and then there's like a, a, a tiny pullout sink with a propane stove. We do have a hot water heater for an outdoor shower and a portable toilet, which I have not had a use yet. <laughs> so that will be interesting. So we are leaving very, very soon and we're spending two weeks camping our way through Colorado and the Black Hills of South Dakota before making it to Green Bay where we're gonna where we stay with family for like a month before heading back and swinging into Minnesota to see my family and then hitting home. So and I think we'll be home like the middle of August or something. Um, and we're thinking about going home through Montana, but it's grizzly country. And so we are undecided about that trip yet. Camping in grizzly country is quite terrifying. Black bears, I'm fine. I grew up in Minnesota. Black bears were around everywhere. Grizzly bears get me a little nervous. So we'll see. Our first stop is in Telluride. We've ne- I, I've never been to Telluride, but we spent a lot of time in Colorado, and it's one of my absolute favorite states. And so we actually did buy a Starlink, if you're familiar with what that is. So we're going to have full-speed, high-speed internet in the middle of nowhere. Ideally, hopefully, that's what they say, which will be awesome. And we also have enough portable battery packs to power an entire house. I'm not even kidding. And solar panels. So we're not totally roughing it, I guess. But anyways, that was a super long tangent for me to ask you or to ask and or say, I hope you're having a great summer. I will let, I'll keep you posted how ours goes, but I'm um, really excited to get off on our adventure. Anyways, 
back to the topic of the show. I'm excited for this podcast. I did a lot of research on it and also my own reflection, of course, through my experience in attempting to build company cultures. I am excited about what you're about to hear. So we're talking all, all about culture, why you need to intentionally build it and, and all, and some tips on how, like what to do, where to start. So I get asked about, I feel like I'm always talking about company culture. I do a lot of interviews with candidates and they always ask me, describe the company culture. Sorry if you've asked that question, but that's, it makes me cringy. Like I just, I I don't like the question and it's not that I don't, I think the reason why I get cringy about it is because I don't think people actually know what they're asking. Like they don't actually know what they want. I feel like there's this perception of what a culture is like, oh, it should be fun to go to work. And like, there should be all these perks and benefits. And like, that's not actually what culture is. And and so, cause you could have all of those things and some of the things that we're going to talk about are missing and you could still hate it. Right. And so I just get a little cringy about it because I just don't think people actually know what they're asked, what they really want to know when they say, what's the company culture like? Like, I think they're just reading off a a list of questions that someone said, Hey, ask this question in an interview, but they don't actually know what they're looking for. So that was another tangent. I'm on one today. Um, so when you first think about company culture, I bet you, I wonder if you do the same thing that I just did, right? You think of cultures like Zappos or Southwest for their fun and quirky cultures or Google, because they have all of these crazy perks and like, The campus used to be incredible. I think they've had to cut back a little bit, but you know, that type of stuff. Or you also think of cultures like happy hours, trust falls, those types of things is maybe what you think about when you think of company culture. But when I think of company culture, I actually think of a few different things that aren't always seen or maybe noticed right off the bat. And so maybe you will feel a little bit relieved especially if you're a small business, when you hear what these things are, like it doesn't mean you have to offer a ton of perks and benefits in order to build a culture that, you know, creates massive success. There are other things um, that are actually pretty simple, but take effort. And then this does kind of operate like a a self-fulfilling prophecy is that as you create, as you cultivate a healthier, more defined culture, your profits will increase. And then that will help you to be able to invest in additional perks that your team will undoubtedly appreciate, right? So to me, company culture can be boiled down to to like three questions, essentially. And if you ask yourself these three questions, I think you'll be able to, like, maybe you can ask yourself these three questions about a company you've worked for in the past or your current business. And I bet if you were to actually detail them out and journal on them a little bit, you would actually be able to define the culture pretty well. And so those three questions are, what are you hiring for? What are you firing for? And what are you promoting for? So what are the things that you look for in your hiring process? What types of people do you hire why are you firing people? What, how are they like, what behaviors oftentimes lead to firing people? And then how, why are you promoting them? Right. And sometimes people are promoting for the wrong reasons or the people they're promoting are maybe not exhibiting the, the culture values that you really want, but you're promoting them. So then that's, what's 
sending the team the message of what they need to do in order to be promoted, right? So leaders, I mean, really, all of us are seeing the the negative business impact of, or, or I guess I should say the impact of misaligned cultures. And I feel like this is becoming more and more prevalent over, especially over the last 10 years, um, where you're seeing like this big scandal or these big fines happening across large organizations in all different types of industries because of poorly aligned cultures, right? And some examples are, you know, Wells Fargo, for example. I can't remember what year it was, but a while back, they created a culture that put a lot of pressure on employees to meet very crazy sales quotas. And it was discovered that as a result of that, people had created millions of fake accounts in customers' names in order to meet these goals, right? This then resulted in Wells Fargo being fined $3 billion because of the pressure they're putting on employees to meet these sales goals. So in order to meet these sales goals and not get fired, they started doing some shady stuff, right? Uber's another example. Uber faced significant backlash recent, well, fairly, I guess it's not as recent anymore, but I'm sure you remember, especially if you watched the Netflix documentary, for its aggressive um, corporate culture, which allegedly fostered sexual harassment, discrimination, and other things. And they faced numerous lawsuits resulting in not only financial penalties, but also a lot of damage to its reputation. A lot, this really helped Lyft gain market share, right? So culture has a powerful impact, both positive and negative, um, on business performance, company reputation, and brand value. Here are some examples of cultures that, strong cultures that, you know, positively contribute to the business. So Southwest is one right? They're known for their corporate culture of empathy and humor, which extends to both employees and customers. And the strong culture then, you know, is credited for the airline's high customer satisfaction and employee engagement levels. Now that's normally, I know they've had a few issues in this year, 2023 with flights and all of that stuff, but overall the culture definitely has had a positive impact on the business, right? Netflix is a culture I love. I love them so much. I did a whole podcast episode on it, but the foundation of their culture was carefully crafted in what they called their culture deck. And it emphasized values like freedom and responsibility, that employees are given a lot of autonomy and the company prides itself on maintaining a candid performance oriented environment. It's contributed to its disruptive success in, you know, in its industry, right? And it's created an environment that people either really want to go work there or they don't. And that's like kind of what you want when you're creating a culture. Zappos is another one, right? It's known for its exceptional customer service and employee-centric culture. You know, they invest heavily in employee training and development, promotes a fun, casual work environment, and the culture has been credited with the company's low employee turnover rate and high customer satisfaction. Zappos was acquired by Amazon, but it has since continued to to run independently. So those are three examples of, of cultures that have led to positive business results, right? So 
I did some research on the evolution of like corporate and company cultures for this episode because I was like, I wonder what the history is. And it is interesting if you're a nerd like me. There's um, Culture Sys Inc. created this um, kind of diagram, which I'm going to describe since you can't see it. But there's essentially four level, like four, I'm going to call it levels or evolutions of culture dating, starting really back in 1951, all the way to present. And so culture 1.0 was really, that started in 1951. It went from 1951 to 1982. And they call it the um, academic era. So this was really like just the beginning of discovering that corporate culture was something that could impact a company, that it even existed. So lots of studies were going on, lots of just research into what a company culture was and defining essentially that there was a company culture and what that meant, right? So that was from 1951 to 1982, so about 30 years. Then 1982 to 2000 was culture 2.0. And that is when companies and leaders and researchers really started to link company culture and business. During this time, there was a massive investment into training and development and so that for companies to try to change cultures and instill new behaviors and um, create, like drive excellence, right? So lots of workshops and team trainings and and all of that um, is really like when you know, after culture was defined, they're like, oh, we got to do something with this, right? So that went on until 2000. And then culture 3.0 came out. And this is where I've spent the bulk of my time working. And that is from 2000 to 2017. And so this was really how HR technology and culture, you know, creating a culture, but by design um, kind of came into play. And so this is what Zappos was founded in 1999, and they quickly grew from zero to one billion in sales in less than 10 years, right? And they attributed it all based to their strong culture of customer service. That got a lot of ears up, and they're like, whoa, we can, like, companies were like, oh, we should intentionally build our culture to have the same success. So then lots of new tech companies started coming in and starting to intentionally build their company culture as they built the company to drive results. So this, this in in my opinion, is where a lot of companies are still operating. Um, I think, you know, during this time, it was, culture could be defined as a set of beliefs, mindsets, and behaviors, and using employee engagement surveys to define how culture, you know, was showing up and really like leaving it to HR teams to figure out like, oh, that's the HR team's job to, to fix our culture, <laughs> telling you that doesn't work. Um, but it's really, it was really the first time that companies were starting and intentionally building their culture from the beginning versus the time period before was companies trying to change one that already existed. So that is what really created a ton of buzz around company culture. And maybe is why I get a little cringy because I'm like, I don't love how this is set up. Um, or how it has been up until now. So we're in culture 4.0 right now. And that's really what 
the future is. It started 2018 and honestly, it just kind of escalated quickly, I would agree. And it's this period is defined as looking at culture as a business system. So a business, a system that has a lot of different things that interact with each other, kind of like an ecosystem. Um, all of those things interact. The ecosystem is working together in order to determine the way that you do things around here, right? The way that things are done. And it's a dynamic, it's, it's, it's those dynamic interactions between all of them that influence the collective attitudes, the collective behaviors by the employees, which then leads to business results, right? And so the factors that contribute to culture actually is like all everybody on the team. I wish you could see this this diagram, but maybe I can uh, link it somewhere. But or if you go to Culture Sys Inc., you, sh- you should be able to see it. But essentially, there's three different people who have an impact on culture. Primarily, there's the CEO and leadership team, the executive leadership team who actually have far less of the control than you would think. Then there's like middle managers, supervisors, um, and then informal leaders. If you're a small business, I would argue that employees, like this, like it's everybody, right? It's everybody um, interacting with one another is what drives culture. And so then you can actually look at other factors going on within all of the people working at your company. So there's the social networks, the subcultures, and the peer pressures that go on amongst everybody. Then there's what I'm calling like the people operations. So that's meetings, policies, workflows, and processes, the org chart, the HR systems, the hiring, and the onboarding. All of that stuff is a part of it, but it's not all of it like what they used to think. And then the biggest impact on culture is everybody's stories, beliefs, and assumptions about work, about leadership, and about your customers. And all of those are different, right? But they all impact the overall culture of the company, like the collective whole. And so all of those things play a role in your culture. And that's a lot of stuff, right? It's not just simple fix. But knowing that, I think, gives you your power back because you can help to to change some of those things. It's not just about having laundry on site. It's not just about happy hours. It's not just about pool tables, beers on tap. Like It's not about those things. It's actually about how the, the system is set up, the business is set up, the way your team is operating with one another. And the way they think and believe and assume things about or communicate, it's all of that stuff into one. And so what the heck should you do? And and I'm going to start by saying like, this is going to be an evolution, right? Your culture isn't built in a week. It's built over time. And so these are things that you're going to want to revisit at least annually. I would honestly probably do it quarterly if I was you. And so here's some tips on where I would start if I was in your position. And the first is to define your core values and your permission to play employee traits. We talked about this in a previous episode. Patrick um, Lencioni calls 
the the behavioral qualities that you're unwilling to take to teach people who join like they essentially the the qualities that people must have to come work at your company because you're not willing to teach them are your permission to play values. Um, and I'm going to talk about those a little bit more. Well, I guess I'll just talk about them now. But you want to define what those are. And you're going to use them in your hiring process. So a way to figure out what these are, and if you don't have them, maybe you do, but maybe you don't have them yet, is to look at the people you've hired who've worked out. Like, why did they work out? What qualities did they have that made them that made you hire them um, or made them work out? Look at the people who've been promoted. Why were they promoted? What made them different from others that, you know, where, where they were performing better? What qualities did you see in them that made you promote them? And then also look at the people you fired. Why did you fire them? What behaviors did they have that contribute to them not being successful? And looking at the reasons why people didn't work out can help you create your list of the things that you want to make sure everybody has going forward, right? So you want to create a list of the the permission to play qualities. And then you also want to have your core values. And so maybe you already have these in your organization, both of these, because I know we've talked about it a lot on the podcast. So maybe you've already like taken a stab at this. So take some time to review them and be really honest. Like, are these the ones that you actually want on your, uh, in the business? Is your team actually exhibiting them? If not, do some reflecting and digging into why not and what things need to shift so that they are. So maybe you haven't created your core values. So start by answering the question, how do we behave? And maybe it's just you. Like, how do you want to behave? How do you want the people on your team to, to behave? And this is where you're going to define the type of behaviors and actions your company will stand for and what you will allow in your culture. You need guiding principles so that your team has them to look to in decision-making for how they show up to work every day, how you know who to hire, you know, and getting crystal clear on your values are going to make sure that you are hiring the right people and they're going to be used for assessing performance. They're going to be looked at when employees need to make tough decisions and they're going to be kind of guidelines that you can hold your team accountable to. So you want to create two or three core values. And when you're doing this, you want to make sure they already kind of exist within your organization. You know, defining what those are that already exist is so important because how do I want to say this? So first define what currently exists. You might be like, oh, this is awesome. I want more of it. You might be like, oh, this is shitty. <laughs> we need to change this. Well, you can't just change them and be like, okay, team, we're now a team that does blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, your team is like, no, we're not. Nobody does that. Like, this is not what we do, right? So what you want to do instead is you want to communicate to them that this is the way that we are going to behave going forward. These are the core values that I want to create in the business that we're going to create in the business. Give your team a chance to weigh in and have like a real hard conversation with those employees that you think are going to struggle to get on board with it. Like you can't just like write it and assume that they're going to all of a sudden get the message and start behaving accordingly. Um, you have to enroll them, get them excited to join you in them and understand why they're great for the business and great for the culture. Because if not, like they're just going to roll your eye, their eyes and not take it seriously. 
So make like get your team involved in them, especially if you're if you're looking to change something, explain why you want to change it, why you think, you know, the values are going to be good for the business and the team and, and get them on board with it. And we I've already shared said this, but once you have these things, you want to keep them top of mind when you're making decisions, creating policies, creating new processes, doing annual planning and goal setting doing reviews, you know, all like they should be looked at at all of those times and they should be talked at frequently, not just like created once and put aside. Like they should be a topic of conversation quite a bit. So that's the first thing I would do. The second thing, well, and I guess tied to that is make sure you're hiring people who have those traits and then who are excited about the values as well. Like add those into your hiring process. Um, that would be the last part of that section. I, I kind of glazed over it, but that's so critical. And then the next thing you want to do is review your people operations. And are they aligned with the values that you just listed out? Like how, what meetings do you have? How are they ran? Are they aligned with the values? For example, like if innovation and creativity is a core value, are you giving space for this in your meetings or are you not? Are you, you know, or is if collaboration is, is a value. How is that showing up in meetings? You know, how is that showing up in other places? So review your other policies that you have. What's the time off policy? Is it aligned with the, with the culture you want? Is your, are your benefits aligned with the culture that you want? Is the way that the team works aligned? And that might be a part of the next thing. And that's the workflows. Like, are they aligned with the values? Like, how does the team collaborate? How do they communicate? What hours are they working? You know, what, like what systems and platforms, is everything open and transparent? Like if, if, if a value of yours is transparency, is everything actually transparent? If the answer is no, then that's not a core value yet. And you got to change the way you're doing some of your processes. And then the last thing is to review your reward system to see if they're aligned with the values you've created, because what you reward gets repeated. So if you have commission structures what impact is it having on the culture, the way that they're, they're determined? And you want to start to look at those things. The reward system is huge. So make sure that the way you are rewarding people with money and also compliments and praise is supporting the culture that you want to create. And so your culture is the backbone bone of your business. You, we've talked about it, right? It's up to you as a CEO to shape it intentionally. Otherwise it's going to get shaped and it might be one of like an example of one of these companies that you heard about that are fined and has very bad impact or has very negative consequences. So it's going to get shaped whether or not you do it intentionally or not is going to be the, that is going to have an impact on it. And it's going to be evolving and it takes time to do. So you're not going to figure it out in one night, one week, or even in a quarter. So put some time on your calendar to do a culture review and look at the things that we just talked about. And once you've kind of created your first pass at it, go to work and create it. And in a quarter, review it with your team and decide, did we actually live up to this? Do we like it? Like, is it actually what we want? You know, is the team showing up in that way with one another and their clients? Like, do, do you actually like what you landed on or should you make some revisions? And then, you know, think about what will help the business move forward. And then you can always try different things. But the key is that you're reviewing it and doing it intentionally and thinking about the things more than just 
the environment that you're creating, like the physical environment. You really need to start, you need to think about, you know, all of those things, the social networks, the subcultures and peer pressures, the people operations, you know, the meetings, policies, workflows, org charts, all of those things. And then everyone's collective stories, beliefs, and assumptions about work, that's where the values come in. And so thinking about all of those things, being intentional about it is really where you start to craft the culture that you want. So hopefully this was helpful. Hopefully you learned a little something. I thought found it was really interesting to learn about the, the evolution of corporate culture. Super Something fascinating that I'm excited to continue to dig into. And I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. And I hope your summer is going great. I'll keep you posted how the camping trip goes. We'll talk again soon. Speaking of the power of people, I'd be honored to read your written review of this show. If you enjoyed what you heard and have suggestions on how to make this show more impactful, please show your support by taking a few minutes to let me know what you think. See you next time.